from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello and welcome everyone to this week's edition of the Wow Report. Where we count down the top 10 things that make us go wow. Wow. Uh, I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by Jane St. James. That's me! Editor of the Wire Report and uh, World of Wonder's Chief Creative Officer, Tom Campbell. How do you do? And we're coming to you live, live live-ish, from our isolated pods, because not much has changed the last few years. But let's get into the countdown, because actually there's quite a lot to talk about this week. Here we go. Number 10. Number 10. I know from just sampling uh, social media that what I'm about to say is incredibly controversial and divisive, and I may be canceled from this moment on. By me. I saw the Adele concert on CBS on Sunday, and I there were huge chunks of it I despised. Bye. What? I'm shocked. Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> you and I are in agreement. What? Why? Tell me. I, I want to say I hated the whole thing, but I'm trying to be more rational as James and I become mature gay people. <laughs> Listen, I love her singing. Yes. I love her. Yes. I love the setting, which they, they shot the whole thing uh, at sunset from like during Magic Hour tonight at the, at the, um, uh, at the Griffith Park Observatory. Yes. Incredible, great idea, great shot. But what what disgusted me, and this is the new me, is it was a VIP audience. Elitist trash. Democrat, liberal, elitist trash. And it was interrupted by, and I say interrupted, her like I want I came to hear her sing and talk. And and instead they had an interview with Oprah in that same godforsaken rose garden in Santa Barbara, Montecito, where rich billionaire people meet, that, that, you know, to talk to her, to get to understand what she meant by her songs. I don't care what she meant by her songs. Let her sing her songs, talk about them, and let me interpret what they mean. I don't need <laughs> Oprah to hand, handhold the most famous artist and successful artist on earth, Adele, but somebody thought... That was a good idea. It's Gail's house in Santa Barbara, isn't it? In Montecito. That's the legendary garden. It's Oprah's Rose Garden. Oprah is very famously copied an English Rose Garden. But it's um, it's, it's times 1,000. very proud of it. It's very not subtle. And now... Can I can I just mention the the elitist trash that's in the audience here? I want to say that she had Ellen DeGeneres, Chris Jenner, she had... um, James Corden, who is the most hated person on the planet at this point. She had Lizzo, who I'm sorry, I have canceled after that Gucci, uh, you know, walk down Hollywood Boulevard when they Hoover back all the homeless people off of Hollywood Boulevard. I, it, she had um, uh, Drake, who was, you know, we know partied at, immediately after Astroworld. He performed at Astroworld and then went and dropped a million dollars at a, a, um, at a strip club. Within 14 hours after it Melissa happened. McCarthy, everybody, listen. We're gonna, I'm going to be canceled. World of Wonders never going to be able to work with a celebrity again. It's not, and I don't mind any of them individually. But there was this suddenly. No, with, we do mind them individually. We do mind some of those no, people. We mind Ellen DeGeneres and at Jesse this point. Tyler Ferguson. Let's call them all no, out. No, they Jesse Tyler. No, Jesse Tyler, Melissa McCarthy. Some of these people. But really, I mean, no, do but, you really? I think it's a totality. It's the idea that this incredible once-in-a-lifetime concert is going to happen one night only, it was called. And they don't invite fans. Yeah. They don't yeah. invite, like, first responders. They yeah. don't res- yeah. Yeah. They, 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 people wearing thousands of dollars. Of, this is so tone deaf. We're still in the pandemic. We're yes. barely post-pandemic. And here are the rich people getting to do rich things with another rich person. And one of the pleasures of of Alstop, one of the pleasures of Adele is her saucy inter- in-betweens. And she's being muted because she's talking in front of, like, the most powerful people in Hollywood. It was gross. Okay. Now, I do – I, I want to tell you a couple things that I loved about it because there were some nice things about it that I really enjoyed. First of all, she was in great voice. She sounded spectacular. Love her. Right? 
I loved the Vivian Westwood gown that she wore. I thought it was wonderful. I loved those earrings with the with the Saturns. I looked like Saturn and she was at the planetary. Yes, the Vivian Westwood earrings, spectacular. I do like the idea of billionaire rich women in white pantsuits dripping in diamonds sitting in an English garden discussing divorce. I thought that was sort of funny. That's sort of like it, my rich white woman fantasy right Ooh, there. Go ahead. I did see online that someone was saying that Adele's whole shtick lately is that she's a chimney sweep who found a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> She plays up the Cockney accent like, hello, lady. Hello, government Oprah. So know, it's the sort of... girlfriend thing is a bit much as well. Um, I, I I agree with you that the thing about the, the elitist and the, it's a pandemic and you shouldn't be doing this. In, no, it's tone deaf. I'm sorry. It's tone deaf. Yes. She has people that, that advise her and they advise her very, very poorly. Benton, yes. you have something to say, please. Don't well, I do have two things to say. One is I know that there was an ordinary person there because didn't they have a wedding proposal and an acceptance? I know. That I makes know. me even angrier because that's like CBS Undercover Boss where you help one lowly person, a black couple, he was proposing yes. to his girlfriend. I'm sorry. You know what they should have added in? They should have added in a To Catch a Predator segment. Like just apprehended a child molester or something. Yes, and they can all applaud each other. But the other thing is, I mean, I have to ask you, like what I always loved about Adele was that she was an outsider. She was overweight. She was cheeky chappy. She just spoke her mind. And I see her being assimilated. Now this is I feel the same way about weight loss. I just feel she's lost her character. Wonder if it's similar to... You know, Billie Eilish's Hollywood glamorous look. I love now, her. If you turn on Billie Eilish, then the, this will be a trifecta, a hat trick, and I will not believe it. But I, I do want to say very quickly, I want to talk, address this about Adele, because what I think happened to Adele is the same thing that's happened to Lizzo, where they have finally been upgraded from the kitty kitty table to the to the, the big leagues. And they are so excited to be on Billionaire's Gots with Jeff Bezos and Obama and Michelle and and Oprah that like the fact is is that they aren't thinking clearly and they aren't realizing like Lizzo should not have participated in the Gucci walk she shouldn't have done it and yet she's so excited to be asked by Gucci and for Gucci to be showering her with Gucci outfits and stuff that she did it without really having any uh, I will give to your point I will give Adele a pass I have no trouble that she lost weight that's fantastic I have trouble with the fact that it needed to be, the whole thing needed to be spoon fed to us by Oprah, who I normally like Oprah, but I feel like back off, bitch. And then I, I blame for this time her handlers. She, she is famous. She is rich. She does know those people. I'm not, I am not watching her to watch her play for her famous people in, a, in, in an elitist, liberal, yeah. you know, deplorable clusterfuck. I'm anyway, so happy to hear about this. We, and I do just want to say the other thing that I really liked, <laughs> there was a new song that she sang called I Hope I Get Over Myself. And I, I hope she gets over herself too. But I also, I really thought it was a fantastic song and I had never heard it before and I really liked it. All right. Hated the event. Okay. I'll just say when the three of us are invited on Barry Diller's yacht or Rupert Murdoch's jet, we'll all be there lining up. <laughs> but will you post it? That's the but question. I, there you go. But seriously, guys, we don't have to worry about receiving Enough. those sorts Not of after invitations. This <laughs> Number I, I nine. Think I, I think I've burned my uh, bridges long, long ago. Honey, you didn't have a bridge to burn. Number nine. <laughs> Number nine. It is black is white, day is night. Uh, all the things that I usually love, I hate. And all the things I hate, I ended up loving this week. Case in point, I watched uh, Red Notice on Netflix. I don't know if you guys know about this. It is the biggest movie Netflix has ever come out with. It is absolutely huge. It's spectacular. It stars Ryan Reynolds. It stars The Rock and Gal Gadot. And, and it sounds very mainstream and yucky. And it, it does sound very mainstream. It's a buddy comedy. It's a it's a um uh, it's a heist film. It's a um you know an adventure on the long like a ripoff of Indiana Jones and National something Trump. written by the algorithm. It would seem it's yes yes yes. But so you the fact loved of the matter it, is is that I went into it with zero expectations. It was two o'clock in the morning, and I thought I'm going to go to bed or I'm going to watch this. I ended up watching it, and I was completely charmed. 
Ryan Reynolds, you get the feeling that he just ad libs everything that he does, and it's perfect. Like his Deadpool, all of that stuff. Like no matter what he does, he is pitch perfect. And this is just him riffing on whatever the horrible script he got, and he's fantastic. And the whole thing is, it's basically the MacGuffin of the story is that uh, Mark Antony once gave Cleopatra three jeweled eggs and they're trying to find the jeweled eggs and he uh, um ryan is the second best art thief in the world and gal gadot is the first and uh the rock is an fbi agent pursuing them both and they're all trying to find all three eggs and they're going across all the, across the world trying to find it blah, blah 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 it doesn't matter nothing nothing about the plot matters nothing about anything matters it's just a chance to watch ryan reynolds and the rock do buddy comedy and gal gadot is beautiful and breathtaking and um, the, the funny thing is, is that it's set like in Rio and then Lisbon and then London and then this. And it was all shot in a back lot in um, Georgia, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Every single – you think you're going all around the world. You think they're spending – Three hundred billion dollars to make this. They probably spent about you know a hundred million in a you know a green screen. I kind of love The Rock, right? Is is that wrong? Yeah, and I'm not a Rock fan. I am after this. I thought he and he and Ryan were at, they did this sort of homoerotic buddy thing that was just I was just I was melting at every single scene. They're Blake thinks you were uh, sleep deprived. Well, <laughs> probably, but you know, every single critic hated it. Every single person on social media hated it, and I am the only person on the planet that I know that absolutely. Well, I can't be because it's number one, and it's the biggest thing they've ever done. So, somebody out there is with me on they, this. They are super charismatic performers, all three of them. Yes, and yes. so maybe there's there's some joy and some art to be made within the the cracks in the algorithm. Maybe there's hope for art yet. <laughs> maybe. All right, that is uh, what is it called? Red Notice. Red Notice on Netflix, number eight. Number eight. Uh, let's see how you're feeling about this, James, in the love it, hate it thing. Have you seen the RuPaul Christmas ornament? I love it. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened. I think it's hysterical. <laughs> I bought 10 of them. <laughs> well, that's two less than Trixie. Trixie bought 12. And RuPaul <laughs> said, bitch, I'll meet you outside. So you might be careful. Um, this RuPaul ornament will add charisma, uniqueness, never, and talent to your holiday decor. Crafted from molten glass, mouth blown into meticulously carved molds. Each ornament is basically couture, as it is hand-painted, beaded, glued, and glittered. All yours for just $24. You have to explain that it's an unauthorized, unlicensed thing that's floating around the internet, and it looks like you drew a smiley face on your thumb. Yes. Someone, it, the it, best it does not comment. Really, it does not really look like Rue, and yet it is like, it, it's one of those things that like, what, what is that famous painting that the person... Well, that's what I was... That, James, okay. I'm okay. going to get there. Oh, um, okay. The best comment I saw, the Twitter's blown up about it. RuPaul has uh, condemned it as unauthorized <laughs> trash, although he's been loving all the memes and tweets. But best comment I saw was RuPaulsy. <laughs> and that, because that is what the face looks like. It's sort of slumped and sort of melted. As James says, just like the 2012, who knew that it was so long ago? 2012, a lovely grand lady, grandmother, I should say, Cecilia Gimenez, she restored a picture of Christ in the 16th century sanctuary of Our Lady of Mercy in Spain. And the whole internet went crazy because the resulting restoration was just destroyed and looked like a doodle. And um, it's like someone yeah, left their also, cake remember, out in the lane. Remember that horrible Lucy statue that came, went up a couple yes. of years ago? Sort of like oh, that, or the whole soccer player that was so bad. You know, I've got I, to there say was a Melania Trump statue, actually, somewhere in Eastern Europe that was made out of a tree stump. And it really more resembled a tree stump than uh. Melania Trump. But, but these things have a habit of taking off. I mean... The, the one in 2012 in the little village of Spain, they've now been inundated with like 150,000 tourists. I mean, it's it's been the saving of this sort of little ghost town in Spain. I think it's called and, you know, it, it is it is something to say that you are so famous that you have 
uh, bootleg merch being made after you. And, you know, if you recall a couple weeks ago, you were extolling the virtues of the Harlem designer who was ripping off Gucci and Louis Vuitton to, right. for rappers. And I sort of think that if you're RuPaul, you can fight it, but it's like a whack-a-mole situation and you're going to be spending all your time doing it. Or you can just laugh at it and say that I'm so oh, famous. I think Ru's laughing at it. He's having yeah. a field day. And, and it's... There's something about knocking off your your design and knocking off your face and having it look so hideous, which makes it it makes it you know really. Extra. And it's a perfect opportunity for Rue to be pushing her own merch as well, saying this you know, and and that's that's the beauty of it is that she can laugh at it and make a little money at the same well, time. Well, yeah, and uh, not going to miss an opportunity because if you really want a Christmas stocking stuffer, you have to buy RuPaul's Drag Race UK Yearbook 2022. James, oh. have you seen it? It's 122 pages. It's six inches of fabulous interviews with the cast from seasons one, two, and three. Well, if we're pushing our own shit right now, I have a book called Freak Show that came <laughs> out in 2007, and you can get What's it on that Amazon. What's to do with Christmas? Well, if you're pushing your merch, why can't I push mine? <laughs> if you're trying to make a buck time, off of this, I... let me make a buck, too. I would love you to push your much. And I would love to see you as a Christmas ornament, actually. And I'd like to hang you on my tree, frankly. <laughs> I'm sure you'd like to hang Christmas, me somewhere. Rue's Christmas ornament looks a little bit like James. <laughs> oh. It's been such and a you friendly just show. Lost me. You, we were best friends for about five minutes. And then the claws Uh-oh. come out. Uh-oh. Let's take a break. Blake, have you got a question for us? Well... This week, it's not really a question. There's no wrong answer. Um, I'm going to do a would you rather. Hmm. Would you rather get violent diarrhea and throw up on your boss while giving a giant presentation in front of the entire company or trip while walking down the aisle at your own wedding, causing your arm to break? Hmm. I think it'll be pretty easy, right? Oh, gosh, I'm just going to be covered in vomit by the time we come back from the break. Oh, wait, is uh, it Fenton that I'm throwing up on? <laughs> He's your boss, right? Okay, yeah, sure. I don't think so, really. I think you're my boss, James. And I'm <laughs> feeling an attack of diarrhea coming on right now. <laughs> you're listening to our report on radio. Andy, we'll be right back with some thoughts. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go Wow. And welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James St. James and Tom Campbell and Blake. A teasing conundrum for us before the break. Yeah, instead of trivia, I did a would you rather this week. Would you rather get violent diarrhea and throw up on your boss while giving a giant presentation in front of everyone or trip while walking down the aisle at your wedding and break your arm? Can I ask a question like where you got this from BuzzFeed, of course. Oh, I think I would rather uh, trip walking down the wedding and, and break my arm because I like to do something I haven't done before. <laughs> Good answer. I'm going to go with the diarrhea and the vomit because I just, the, the prospect of breaking my arm is just painful. Well, but I, I have a feeling though. Well, I'll just vomit on myself. You'll be, you'll be talked about forever either way. <laughs> but I have a feeling that, that the photo op is probably better with the breaking the arm at the wedding. I think I would rather just poop on my boss. I mean, I've no offense, Fenton, but like, I wouldn't <laughs> want to break my arm. Exactly. I'm with you, Blake. We'll, we'll vomit on each other. Okay. <laughs> um, we're counting down the top 10 things that made us go, wow. Ten, number seven. Number seven. I had the great privilege of going to the LACMA Museum, even though most, much of it's been torn down. There still are open exhibits and open buildings. And I, what drew me in, I became a member because I always let those things lapse. And I, and I went to see the Obama portrait tour, which is of our pre, former president, Barack Obama and first lady, Michelle Obama. And, you know, they made quite a splash back in 2018 when they were officially uh, or was it 2019 when they were officially? This is the one with all the leaves, right? The, yes. the green. Yes. His portrait, and they're side by side on this wall, and there's a big turnout. And Kahinde Wiley, can't pronounce names, did the portrait of President Obama. 
He's from LA originally, resides in New York now, beautiful black man. And his portraiture, and there was, an, there was another example of it later on in an exhibit of black. It's portrait. so beautiful, that one. Yes. Oh. And it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's Obama in a re relatively uh, traditional pose in a chair, but against these green leaves, you've seen it, but with, and with flowers that represent flowers from his homeland and, and, and the Chicago and things. And it's just, it's mesmerizing and beautiful. And then on the same wall is a somewhat smaller, different shape portrait of Michelle done by Amy Sherald, who um, is from Georgia, originally presides in New York, another beautiful black woman artist who, um, and there's another uh, example of her portraiture in the gallery, but her, you know, it's sort of that quilted dress, it's white and her, her uh, uh, contribution or thing that she does is she makes black people's skin in color portraiture gray tone like it appears in black and white photographs and it's it's very distinctive i don't know why she thought of it it's beautiful i love you know these have been around for a while it's not news but i love that the obamas you know picked two black contemporary artists with contemporary different points of view um it, it, it was thrilling to be there oddly and it was thrilling everyone was taking pictures and i just i will jump in and i'll shut up it's like so you go into the next room and right adjoining is is black portraiture, uh, just all these different artists. And there's this one statue that caught me by surprise. I'm so disappointed. I, I, I've written LACMA and then we'll put it on the wow report or in the comments of the YouTube. I don't know who the artist is. I don't know the name of it, but it's basically when you come upon it, it, it the window is behind you of LACMA and it's got the palm trees. It's just, you know, the outside of LACMA looking up into the Hollywood Hills and it's a mirror that is the shape of what appears to be an athlete, like an Olympic athlete or a basketball player holding their fist up, but it's all a mirror, a flat mirror. And when I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like it really moved me. And then as you walk around it, it's 3D from the side and the back. So it's an actual sculpture of the, in black of, you know, the sweatsuit, the rear end, the legs, the back of the head. And it is, it just filled me with like, I don't know, it made me so emotional because, and then I, I took a thing you've seen on my, my social media of going from behind where it looks like a real person and then you circle around it and you end up seeing yourself in the whole room. It's, I, you know, gimmick, art. I don't know the difference. I just know I was incredibly moved by it. I have to find out the artist's name. I thought the, uh, the, the, the pair of the portraits, the Obamas together, they were just so beautiful together. I mean, different artists, but such a great pair of portraits. And then I loved like this other exhibition of all about black portraiture. I thought it was so great. And that Kahinda Wiley one, the other one, I don't know who he painted, but it's so mesmerizing, the colors. And it, it was just really great. Let's move. Okay, so that is the Obama portraits there at LACMA through January the 2nd, 2022. That's well worth going to see, plus the exhibition. Um, number six, James. Number six. Something that is not worth going to see. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm going to come out. I went to go see the French Dispatch over the weekend, the Wes Anderson movie, and I loathed it with a white hot passion like I have never felt before. It is, you know, Wes Anderson is, he's twee. He is uh, mannered. He is sometimes pretentious, sometimes very um, elegant, and sometimes it's very charming. And a lot of his movies are some of my favorite movies of all time. I really, I when I like Wes Anderson, I like him. When I hate him, I it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. And this one is more Wes Anderson than Wes Anderson is ever Wes Anderson. Okay? I mean, when I tell you that it is Wes Anderson times a thousand, it is twee beyond twee. It stars, I'm just going to tell you this, Benicio Del Toro, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton, Timothy Chalamet, Francis McDormand, Jeffrey Wright, Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Bob Balaban, Henry Winkler, Christoph Waltz, Willem Dafoe, Lee F. Schreiber, Edward Norton, Angelica Houston, Saoirse Ronan, Elizabeth Moss, Jason Schwartzman, Griffin Dunn. It is everybody that you love ever. So basically everybody who was at the Adele concert. <laughs> basically, yes. Okay. And you think that how can it go wrong? Well, let me tell you how it can go wrong. It is set up like a New York Times magazine. It's based on a, on a magazine supplement. And so it is spread into five different vignettes. There is travel, arts and leisure, politics, culinary, delights, and an obituary. 
And the first one is Luke, oh, Luke Wilson. Luke, what is his name? Owen Wilson. And it's travel, and it's five minutes, and it's adorable. The second one is the arts and leisure, and it's Tilda Swinton doing a Margaret Thatcher impersonation with big hair and big teeth. And she's in a caftan, and she's fabulous. Benicio Del Toro, Adrian Brody, absolutely hysterical. You love it. You're there. You are a part of it. You think this is fantastic. I love this movie. Everything about it is perfect. Then comes the politics, and that's Timothy Chalamet and Francis McDormand. And it's beginning to wobble a little bit. You're getting a little irritated. It's about a student uprising in France over some chess games. Something you don't even really know. But Timothy Chalamet is shirtless. And he's got big curls. And he's got a little struggle stash. And so I'm there. I'm still there. I'm a part of the movie. I like it. Then comes the culinary part with Jeffrey Wright, who is doing a really pretentious, um, what's his name? James Baldwin. He's doing a really pretentious James Baldwin impersonation. And he's telling the shaggy dog story that goes absolutely nowhere. And it goes on and on and on. <laughs> and it's so boring. And when I tell you, Fenton, and you're going to understand this, that the, at this point, the score goes is three notes. Do 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 and every couple minutes there's do 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 so it goes do 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 for forty minutes, okay? And when we went to Akhenaten, the Philip Glass opera, and we lasted two hours before we had to run, this makes Philip Glass look like Rodgers and Hammerstein, okay? It is, and by the end, I'm not somebody who jumps up and screams at a screen. I am not somebody who yells back at a movie. And it was all I could do. I finally had to walk out into the lobby and take a moment and stop and breathe and say before I could go back in and watch it because it made me so angry. I hate Wes Anderson for this score. It is the most annoying thing I've ever been a part of. And I just, it, I, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, oh my God. So okay. you recommended What? So you recommend it? <laughs> well, Timothy Chalamet naked in for 1.3 seconds is worth the price of admission. Well, that is the French Dispatch, and it's in theaters now. I have to confess, I always confuse Wes Anderson with Paul Thomas Anderson. And Paul Thomas well, Anderson. It's funny because Paul Thomas Anderson has done Licorice Pizza, yeah. which everyone says is going to be the movie to beat at the Oscars this year. And I watched the this preview for that, and that looks as annoying as hell. <laughs> Not one attractive person in the whole damn movie. Everyone with these zits and greasy hair. It was just that to me looks like torture as well. God. We're not going to have any friends after this, James. As if, as if we had any to begin Were you with. really planning on being friends with Paul Thomas Anderson? Number five. Sheila Gate. Sheila Nevins, Love former her. president of documentaries at HBO for many, many years. And we've worked with her for many years and made many films for her, including the series Shock Video, which... Uh, showcased like sex programs on television around the world. Including Party Monster. Oh, Party Monster, yes. Uh, Maplethorpe, look at the pictures. Uh, yes. Liberty, Mother of Exiles. Things about nature. Monica, um, black and white. Well, thank you, thank you. Yes. So, there's a new book, Tinderbox, HBO's Ruthless Pursuit of New Frontiers, um, coming out next week. And it, I guess it's all about HBO, but the bombshell is Sheila is giving zero fucks in a very loud way. She's dropping bombs. She left HBO a few years ago and at the time said, I think she said, I have deprived my life of a life. All I did was work. I was born at HBO. I don't have to die there. So it was like she voluntarily gave up the reins of power. Well, no, it doesn't sit here. So she was kicked to the curb, she says. And she drops a load on the CEO, Richard Plepler. She vomits in, in, in diarrhea all she over them? She has diarrhea and vomits all over them. I mean... She says Michael Lombardo, her immediate boss, called her up screaming about an Elvis documentary and said that he was a deranged madman. Um, there was talk at one point of bringing Ted Koppel in and Sheila went ballistic and launched a sort of, uh, what's the word when you do? Scorched earth campaign. And um, he apparently said he enjoyed Sheila Nevins, but he ended up backing off because she was so fierce. And then they bumped into each other at Canyon Ranch and he called her a snake and she says, I got you. I mean, it's really vicious. 
mean and nasty. And Did you ever see the side of Sheila? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Whenever somebody's victim story includes when I ran into him at Canyon Ranch. Adele was there too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's I mean, Canyon Ranch? Is it for Sheila is very funny. I mean, working with Sheila has been a very demanding, emotionally draining experience, I will say. And she would admit to that. Uh, she says, she has a great quote in the New York Post piece. She says, I would never have worked for me. Never, not in a million years. What a bitch. So, <laughs> so she owns her difficultness. Yeah. Page six tends to take something that's controversial and makes it 10 times more controversial through editing. You know, like page six is really bad about that lately. Right. But I would... I, I I always take um, zero credit for Sheila because I was at HBO when Sheila had just started. And I was in the room of like 10 or 20 people when she put in the three quarter inch tape of the first real sex, which is the show that redefined her and made it was the most viewed show on HBO for decades. And, you know, it was all about real sex workers and stuff. And, I, and I, they went around the table and goes, what does everybody think? I'm a junior executive. And I'm like, I like my porn hard or not at all. Because it was to me, it was like soft porn. It's like I need more, and she's like, it's but the funny, it's like it, it put panic in her eye. Like, oh, hmm, let me think about that. But uh, but clearly, I'm where I am, and Sheila is where she is. A legend has won more Oscars and Emmys than any individual. Well, yeah, it's 26 Oscars, 32 primetime Emmys, 35 news and documentary Emmys, and 42 Peabodies. So she did good for HBO. Yeah. I mean, she really and did. She is, you know, I mean, she's one of those people who is is probably very difficult to work for, but the end result is always spectacular, and it's always the challenge. But it's is this worth Katie it. Couric moment where everybody, no one gives an f anymore. People just want to let the dirt out. And it's uh, it feels more than usual for some reason. It is. I think it's pandemic pent-up frustrations. But I also think perhaps it's a good thing. You know, just let it out. Like, Why it's not? just shit. Just let it go, you know. Yeah. I love a strong woman, and I love Sheila Nevins. Love her. Love everything about her. Thinking about being her for Halloween next year. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if she has anyone to thank for our career, for real sex, it's me and my generation who used to sit there with HBO and the Disney Channel on the recall button, because that was all the real sex we could get. Oh, so when the parents came in, you'd quickly flip back to the Disney Channel. Exactly. Right. Everyone my age remembers like their first, oh, they, we always talk about real sex on HBO. We made a piece for real sex, um, and it was in the day, I mean, when they actually shot it on film. Can you believe? Like, it was like, it was 1998, 99, we shot it on film. And it was um, Puppetry of the Penis, you know, where the guy... I remember I took you to Puppetry of the Penis. I was the one who who forced you to go see it. Oh, thank you. Thank you, James. I think... Thank you. I I can't believe, Tom, you're that old to have been in the first meeting of real when real sex... You can't believe Tom is that old? I mean, 1990 or something. It was like... Was it? I mean, she didn't... I mean, they say that she invented R-rated docs, right? But she didn't really, because Channel 4 in the UK was doing much harder core stuff for years and years and years. In fact, one of the films she did, they never showed. It was like... um, it was um, people who fall in love with their animals and marry them and have sex with them and things like that. Nature. You're listening to Wow Report on Radio. Andy, we'll be right back. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hey, welcome back to the Wow Report. I have to tell you that you might have missed it, but last night was the premiere of Drag Race Italia with Rachilla, Chiari Francini, and Tommaso Zorzi, the judges. And I got to tell you, it's an amazing season of pent-up crazy stuff. Amazing. And I just say also, for those of you who watch Drag Race for the pit crew, you're not going to want to miss Drag Race Italia. Oh, my God. There's so many of them. And they're just in their underwear all the time. And then they'll go and change from regular underwear to sparkly sequin underwear. And that, in that way, I'm the Sheila Nevins of Drag Race because I've always insisted on the pit crew wearing underwear. I brought that to America. And to the world. Thank you, you're welcome. Thank you, Tom. All well, right. No Peabody Awards for me. <laughs> We're counting down the top 10 things that made us go, wow, we've reached number four. Number four. Probably another controversial topic. You know how I try always to make my wows for good? They're all bad. This is the grumpy episode of the, of the wow report. <laughs> right. Um 
So People Magazine, who which feels incredibly out of touch now, um, just named Paul Rudd as the sexiest man alive. Now, Paul Rudd is Wait, very... Do you have a problem with this? Yeah. I think he's not sexy. He's the guy next door. He's looked good for a long time. He wears dockers. It's like you're not checking him out. You don't care that much. Like sex, sex is dangerous. Sex is a chemical reaction to somebody. Paul Rudd is really well-preserved. Ryan Reynolds is the sexiest man alive, James. Come on. I would go with that. And I would go further. I know we all roads lead to us talking about him. But how about Little Nas X? Mm, that would be good. Yeah, definitely. You want, you want to set you want to make a difference in the culture. You want like he is sexy, by the way, and he's sexy, I think, to men and to women. And you know, there and God bless GQ, because they have this like cover and spread of him. You know, RuPaul has said forever, if you can't love yourself, how are you gonna love somebody else? Well, it's all this portraiture, uh, a lot of it of little Nas kind of sort of in Women's clothes and men's clothes, loving loving on himself, just you know, posing. The couple, you know, and and I'm so you know, as, as much as not Lil Nas X is the perfect, you know, Harry Styles is right up there too. I think that Harry Styles could it could. Yeah. Take, I mean, it's all demo. And somebody, I said to somebody, who was it? I said to somebody, why is why is why is he in there? And they said, well, what does he have coming out? So everybody knows that they, they you know he has some uh, movie on or some TV show on Apple, which is you know, it's all based on publicity. You, you, your PR people, your publicists have gotten you in. Yes. But that feels so old fashioned and it feels so out of step. And I know people magazine is probably for grandparents like us and young people, but I still think people magazine could be doing more to, uh, to advance the conversation and not just to be liberal, you know, drips, but to actually feel in their groin what makes the sexiest man alive, which I don't think Paul Rudd does. And I think Little Nas does for me. And, mm-hmm. and there's some quotes. This is from Trey Spiegel's story on the WOW Report, worldofwonder.net. But little from, from the article, he goes, my DMs are all out of order, which is lucky because I do get horny. And I'm like, let's see what the hottest person this thread looks like. <laughs> he goes, I can't do Grinder anymore because I'll get murdered. Literally, probably get murdered. Um I just, I, I just love how frank he is. I love the way his mind works. We say this every time, but um, you know, and he talks about he loves his work more than he, you know, and what he does more than he loves other people, and he's learning to just love himself. But um, I, I don't know. Interestingly, I, um, I did see that Boy Culture Matthew Redmond, who is a friend of ours, um, posted every single uh, sexiest man alive cover for the last thirty six years or whatever. Right. And if you look, if you take them in in whole and look at them in as sort of an aggregate. Um, People has never had their finger on the pulse of who <laughs> right. the sexiest person is. Is usually Patrick Swayze with a weird mullet, or yeah. you know Mel Gibson ten times in a row. But do you know or- what, James? I feel it's a bit like the Academy Awards. They never give the the films that last and the really great films. They never win the awards. It it's is it's whoever has the best publicist wins. Right, exactly. All the most expensive campaign, you yeah. know, behind them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sexiest man alive, Little Nas X. There, I said it. Awesome. Number three, James. Number three. Uh, Taylor Swift was on uh, Saturday Night Live last week. And, she, you know, she has come out with this album. She re-released this album, Red, which was from like about 10 years ago because Scooter Braun had taken away all of her albums, her ability to make money off of them. So it's a whole the version that she owns all of and controls. Yeah, so she is re-releasing every single one of her early albums. This is the album, Red, and it's uh, when she was breaking up with Jake Gyllenhaal is basically the story of the songs. She broke all convention on Saturday Night Live, usually performed two songs. She said she was doing one 10-minute ultra-long marathon song all too well. And there was a video in the background. She's singing. The song goes through multiple. I mean, it just, you know, it's spectacular. She, it, it was a triumph. It, you were riveted to every single second. No, you're wrong about this. You're wrong about this, Tom. No, 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 no. What she gets, she is a boss lady. She this is a badass move. She is ballsy i've never seen anything like this she has taken hold of her future she's taken hold of her past she's taken hold of her present and she is in control like it's to watch taylor swift go from being a teenage prodigy to a pop 
super sensation in her 20s, now in her 30s, where she is just badass, and you don't fuck with Taylor Swift. In fact, afterwards, Colin Joe said, I guess the lesson here is you don't break up with Taylor Swift. Okay, okay. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. I'll give it to you in one second. But when it was announced that she was doing this song, Jake Gyllenhaal went on to Twitter and said, I am leaving Twitter for uh, for the foreseeable future. He was terrified of what was going to happen to him, and the Swifties went after him like you've never seen. What was so bad about Jake? The, the only thing I don't like about Taylor Swift, actually, there's many things I don't like, but one of them is why she's always beating up on her exes. Well, that was her shtick in her teens and 20s, and I think she's trying to move beyond that now. She tries to do... <laughs> Clearly. No, 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 but she has no choice. She has no choice but to address it if you're bringing back all those old well, albums. What did he do you that was add, so bad? What, she's going she's gonna to say that that's not how I felt at the time. What was she wrong with him? How she felt at the time. What and was wrong with him? Badass, ballsy move to call out Jake Gyllenhaal. What was wrong Jake with him? Would not give back the damn red scarf, and so she's yes. singing the song yes. about yes. the fact that she's trying to get over this man, but she realizes halfway through the song that he's not over her as well because he won't give back the scarf, and that's the point of the. So if Jake Gyllenhaal would have given up the scarf, then she would not have a song to sing. Okay, my turn. My turn. Tagging in, um, Taylor Swift. Didn't she like read to filth some Netflix show that made the joke that like that's like breaking up with Taylor Swift? Well, it's exactly the joke they did in a certain life right after she performed. If you are still talking about a breakup 10 years later, it might She's be not. on you. She's it might not. be on she you. She's not going around talking about Jake Gyllenhaal. She re-released an album because the album money had been taken away from her. So she yes. had no choice but to but re-litigate the whole issue because mm-hmm. it was part of the, the publicist. She yeah, listen, to make the money off of the album. She had to go back in time. She's a genius. She yes. has the world wrapped around her little yes. finger. She knows how to communicate to her audience. I give yes. all that to her. As an artist and as someone who listens to music, and I'm just one sluggy guy in the world, I do not connect with her voice. I do not connect with her artistry. I'm not saying it's it's without artistry. I've always been with you on this, but when I watched her performance, I couldn't help but think how powerfully she's grown as an artist and how how she manages to to just capture everything. I would say that hearing Taylor Swift sing live is not one of my top 10 fun things to do. I don't. I cannot believe who you've become. I I don't even know you anymore. I can. I can maybe do a little peacekeeping between you because I think that Taylor Swift has grown, and I do think the 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 ballsiest move, James, surely here is that she's like, right, I'm just going to re-record those albums, taking back control, and I do think that the music industry is heinously exploitive. And and I do see her, Tom, as kind of like. Taylor Swift and Lil Nas X. I see them both as badasses Badass. taking the it's, music industry to task and redefining it with a sort of certain... I'll buy that. I just don't like it, listening to her music personally. That's it, just it, when, when, it was, when it was announced that she was re-releasing every single one of the albums, you thought that they were going to drop quietly and she was just going to do it to get the no. money. But she has promoted it. She has gone back in time and is reliving every single song with the emotional force yep. that she first had. Well, so did Reba McIntyre recently, just to be fair. But I, I, I love her for that. I'm just teasing. But um, the other thing is, um, 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 wait, wait, wait. Oh, it, it's a whole 10-minute movie you saw. There's a movie that was released. Well, and it stars Dylan O'Brien from Teen Wolf, who is my absolute favorite person on the planet. <laughs> okay, so it was a win-win, win-win, win-win for me. All right, we're going to move on. Number two. Number two. I oh want to talk God. a little bit about Wow Docs, World of Wonder documentaries, because we are we have won two IDA Awards, and we're up for a third. So the first IDA Award is the uh, Ronan Farrow for his uh, Catch and Kill the Podcast Tapes. He won the IDA Truth to Power Award, which isn't an award they give out every year. It's like when they feel someone's done something really outstanding and amazing, as they feel Ronan has, um, they give you that award. So very excited about that because well, we, you and Randy work very closely with him, taking, turning his podcast into a visual documentary. That's right. That's right. We did it. It's a world of wonder show, the podcast tapes, and that's on uh, HBO Max. And then just the other day, I heard that Whirlybird, which we executive produced, um, won the ABC News Video Source Award, which is basically for use of archive. Uh, I love Whirly Bird. It's the most underrated, underexposed yeah. documentary. Give the log line again, because it's- It is the story of Zoe Tur, 
who basically invented helicopter news reporting at an epic time in the history of Los Angeles. So he covered the riots. He found OJ on the freeway, Madonna's wedding. And you'll notice I just misgendered him because Zoe was Bob back in the day. And Bob and Marika, husband and wife, they took to the sky. He scraped together some cash, bought a helicopter, and basically gave birth to helicopter news reporting. And it was an amazing story. And now, as Zoe, is, is another amazing chapter in her life. So uh, that's great. Deeply personal. And also, it's, it's a deeply personal documentary that also deals with so many familiar, you know, we, we saw through Zoe's eyes what the, the, the news from Los Angeles in the 90s. Right. Every iconic moment that you remember was captured by them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it relates to that. And Zoe's daughter, forgive me, is... Um, um, Katie Tur. Katie Tur. of Donald Trump, NBC News reporter. Fierce. Badass. James. The Taylor Swift last... of news. <laughs> and then the third one, fingers crossed, because the award ceremony isn't until February next year, is for Voynerovich. And I'll say the full title, Fuck You, Faggot Fucker. Um, directed, brilliantly directed by Chris McKim. Um, David Wojnarowicz was a, a, an East Village artist in the 80s who died early on in the AIDS pandemic and was incredibly outspoken about the government's indifference and the bigotry and the prejudice. And it's just so, so sort of sentient, prescient, I should say, that Chris wanted to make this film and we produced it you know, on the verge of another pandemic under another Republican incompetent president who fundamentally doesn't care about people who aren't male or white or privileged. And, and so a peer, it's, a peer, an artist who was a peer, Keith Herring's and a peer of around the same as, as Maple a, Thorpe, Herring, Basquiat. Yeah. And for some reason is kind of, uh, by historical terms, has kind of slipped mm. between the cracks. People don't know as much, but this documentary uh, uh, helps to, 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 to fix that. So thank you to the International Documentary Association because we're very proud and honored and humble brag. You know, it's, it's, it shouldn't be a humble brag. It's documentaries because I work more on the TV side. I don't do much of the documentaries, so I get to have a front row seat to watch you guys do it. It's like documentaries are so hard. There's no, you know, there's no momentum. There's no, I mean, especially if you're working for Sheila Evans while you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like people, you know, you know, every it's a business, right? And everybody thinks a series you can make a lot of money and run, you know, networks and money and and documentaries are labors of love and stories often that no one knows about. And to have the the you guys have the fortitude and the wisdom and the, and the guts to sort of put your heart and soul and oftentimes money on the line to get these things seated and started and beyond. So. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Fingers crossed for Chris McKim next February. We'll be talking about it lots, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to take one more break, and then when we come back, reveal the number one thing that made us go wow this week. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to the Wow Report. Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. We've been counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow this week. Really, there can only be one thing that is number one this week. We've talked about it once or twice before. Number one. Britney's conservatorship is over. James St. James, take it away. Well, um, the beauty of it is, is that, well, first of all, she thanked the Free Britney movement that, that helped get put this into the national spotlight and helped her uh, helped it come to pass. Um, she has since said that she doesn't know if she's ever going to perform again, but she has since taken space at a studio saying that she might want to make music again. She said she might want to have children again. She's going to get married to the man of her dreams. Uh, she might move. Um, uh, and just today she was on her Instagram or just this week she was on her Instagram saying that she had her first glass of champagne ever for her birthday and it sort of like chokes you up a little bit thinking uh, you know this woman who is almost 40 years old has never been allowed to have a glass of champagne on her birthday and so it the freedom that she feels and the the, the happiness uh that just the joy that's surrounding this is uh it's it's hard not to get caught up in the momentum of it does anyone else have anything else to say about this i'm happy that she's back out in the spotlight i love that the, this last weekend she went out to catch uh, which is a paparazzi hotspot, and people were kind of giving her shit for that. But I think she's earned it. 
She can do whatever. If she if she never wants to perform again, if she wants to live on a mountaintop or an island, go do it, baby. But you have earned I, it. I really want. I wish her only the best. She's yes. had issues in the past. I hope she, you know, and I don't need to know what anything is. I just wish her peace and serenity and and, and a long life. And I do think, I guess, along the lines of a Taylor Swift in a different way or in the last sex, Britney could write her future however she wants in the music industry. If yeah. she wanted to record and not tour, if she wanted to tour and not record, if she wanted to release one song and album, I think the world, and Britney is an artist. Whatever you say about her, I love her music. I love her songs. They age very well. And I would love to have more from Britney. Whatever she wants to do, no pressure. But wow. I would, the world would be a better place with more Britney. I was, I was talking to someone and, and they were saying, they're not sure if they know, does Britney know how big she is? Do you know what I mean? Because she could call up anyone. She could call up Adele. She could call up Oprah. And they would be throwing themselves at her. And I don't think she knows that or believes that. Oh, oh I, I, hope, I, I hope she doesn't end up in Oprah's Rose Garden. Oh, God. <laughs> but I, I think, Tom, I think you're absolutely correct. I think she has the ability to redefine the music industry, how in her, in whatever she wants to do. Which may be do. nothing. Which may be nothing, yeah. and that's okay, too. I really in 20 think, years, she might want to put out one song. And I really think she'll do another. She'll release some new music because I really think that now she's happy again. And she's gonna want to like do it, and then when she does that, she'll probably want to gonna want to do at least a show or two, right? Well, I wonder well, if she I mean, maybe there might be trauma associated with with her. You know, yes, uh, we don't know. Well, yeah, we all know. at her own pace. But yeah, I, I wonder if she ever dated Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something there. Her 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 fiance is absolutely spectacular. Though. There was a New York Times him. piece on him, which I didn't read yeah. yet, but he's getting. It'll be interesting to see. It's hard for the spouse of someone as famous as Britney Spears to fare well in the public eye. So let's let so far so good for him. So let's hope he he hangs in there too. Yeah, and I wish only good things to Britney. I do have apprehensions and anxieties, but. Um... You know, but you go through life like that, Fenton. I, just, I know. I was going to say you have you have been poo pooing this this free Britney thing since the beginning. So, yeah, I think in some respects the free Britney movement was uninformed and fact free. And I but think look the, at where it got us. And I think the situation is more complex than is being taken into account right now. Oh, but you, you naysayer, the penny penny, the sky is falling. <laughs> it isn't because the show's over. We've run out of time. Yay. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Thank you, James. Thank you, Blake. And thank you for listening to The Wow Report here on Radio Andy. Um, you can listen to previous episodes on the YouTube channel, Wow Presents. Uh, or same time, same place next week for a brand new episode. Until then... Go out and do something that makes the world go wow. Wow.